All right, this is JT, Disc Golfing, the podcast. I have a special guest. We are at the Florida Masters Classic. So, and it is his very first event. So, and it's my fifth. So, we get to talk some newbie stuff today. This is Brandon Palmer, 248253. We got to share the card together today, and we were playing MA2. And uh, your first event, man. Yeah, it was a good time. What's your thoughts? I so I mean, dude, you've got the game. That's for sure. It's there. So. Um, two things get past the nerves. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I started horribly, mm-hmm. and it was all nerves. It took me three or four holes to finally get settled in. Um, and finishing both days, I was I recovered mid round and was playing pretty well, and then sort of fell apart okay. in the last three or four holes. Um, so whatever I need to do to start better and then finish better. Um, today I got off to a little better start, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, kind of had a better idea of what you were getting into at that point. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, a little adjustment on a lot of things. Just I'm used to playing where it's just one other person with me, maybe two, rarely play in a foursome, so just sort of speed or time in between shots. Mm-hmm. I'm used to throwing and just going right and ready to throw on the next one. Um, so it's an adjustment, but a lot of fun. Okay. The, I, as I, uh, some people, I describe it to some people, and you can tell me what works, what how you view it. With me, it's that the, that first tournament because mine was just in January. Yeah. Just, it was just last month. <laughs> um, part of it is it's some people say they're like sometimes you're intimidated by the other players mine was more it wasn't i wasn't intimidated by them but i didn't want to look like an idiot like i didn't belong very well put yeah so what works for you i think i felt kind of the same way yeah i didn't feel that i couldn't play with these other guys but same thing i wanted to you want to come out and be that guy that hey i'm just going to park the first few shots and get rolling and then when that doesn't happen yeah then you're more focused on all right don't like yesterday my putting was awful because i I mentally got into a spot where i was trying not to miss instead of trying to make putts yeah kind of thing and so and the more i did that the worse it got and so yeah yeah. So I understand that. My, my, what's what's weird too is I ran into it today and my game today and yesterday, but because um, mine, it's almost like you. Um, I, my mom, my eighty-seven-year-old mom, used to call it being a wuss. Yeah. So <laughs> you're, when you're practicing your putts, you're you're sticking them in, you're sticking them in, you stick. When you come to play time, it's like my arm turns into a big, just a wuss. Yeah. So it's just it's like why am I backing off of this? And uh, yeah. so, short arm it, don't follow through, yeah, because yep. you're just trying to aim it to the basket and yeah. And then it's rough when you, I mean, uh, weather wasn't too bad. I mean, the wind was here, but really I didn't, I mean, I don't know your take on it, but there was enough wind, but it was, it was workable wind. It wasn't this really is, caused um, this problem. If, have you played this course? This is the before? fifth time I've ever played it. Okay. This I just the, started playing it this week. This is the calmest I've ever played it this oh, wow. weekend. Okay. Yeah. So? I'm used to 10, 15 mile per hour winds. I think it was in the single digits this oh, weekend. Okay. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're when it's when it whips up this half, the open half of the course, it, it can be really tough. Yeah. And um and for that, because I know they for people that have played this course that might be listening, um, we're talking about the open side, which is where the pavilions are, the lakes are, and stuff like that. The wind would like kick up, but only for like a few minutes, and then mm-hmm. it die off. So, and mine for me, my way my bag is set up, I 
toggle between a beast and a mamba. Okay. And when there's a lot of wind, that mamba, I can I can eat through that wind if yep. I keep it low and force it because I've got that yep. arm speed. Um, problem with the mamba though is when it dies off a little bit and I got a little bit of wind, it's I can snap it, but I can't snap it as hard as the beast. Otherwise, I'll, like five, I'll overthrow it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, and uh, so I have to be careful. But the downside is, is that. I do need to utilize a couple more discs for that scenario just so I yeah. stop having to rely on them too so much. But, I mean, that's just my viewpoint at this point. I mean, we yeah. might learn something <laughs> in the next six months and I'll be using a completely different disc. I know my putters, I want to change them. I know my, my putting itself, I got to work on it. So I got I to gotta commit and hit it. Yeah. Um, but I do think I'm going to make a putter change. So, yeah. And uh, see if okay. see if that works. Because so. uh, I, I, now it's... It's weird how the tournaments teach you stuff. Yeah, so, very true. What have you on your first one? What do you take away from your first one? Um, My biggest thing was that a guy turned me on to the diamond disc. They do, they do works. What, what, what oh, yeah. could you take away from today? Uh, well, one of our guys in our on our card was singing the praises of the envy. I've never thrown an envy, okay. So yep. I, I might have to check that out, and see how that goes. Um, I think more than anything just what I was talking earlier, just nerves that first day. Today, it just felt so much different. Just that one one round of experience um, made a big difference. My score wasn't a whole lot better than it was yesterday, but the way I played was completely different. Um, so I think just getting over that and just sort of feeling comfortable. And um, as far as discs, um, what I don't you know. I threw some bad shots, so yeah. I don't know. What were you utilizing? Uh, well, I was uh, mainly, I threw the diamond once, and I absolutely was trying to kill worms with it, apparently, because yeah. it tanked on me. And uh, so I never touched it again. Yeah. Uh, the Beast of Mamba I rely on. Um, the Rock, Three, and the Leopard is okay. probably the biggest ones I was. I threw a Leopard off of one. Yep. Okay. Hoping to turn it over. Yeah, and it stayed in by a centimeter. Yeah, you uh, locked out. But yeah. y'all guys just yeah. I went way OB on that shot, too. Well, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I threw a Mako and tried to do the same thing and cut rolled it, and it rolled 100 feet out of bounds. I've, I've, that, I've so. thrown the Mako for a while. I couldn't, I guess I just couldn't get the hang of it. I know a lot of people like that one. I just couldn't seem to get the hang of it. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite. I um, I throw a buzz a lot. That's buzz. Probably I haven't thrown a buzz, but I heard disc good in my bag okay. is buzz. I throw it quite a bit. Um, How long you been playing though, overall? Uh, You're new to the PDGA, obviously. Yeah. How long you been playing? <laughs> a few years. I think I started right before COVID hit. Okay. Um, my dad got me into it. He saw it. He was on vacation and saw people playing. I said, hey, we should go try this out. I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> um, and I thought, go throw Frisbees around? Eh, we'll see. But we went out and, like most people, I got hooked right away. Okay. Um, but played just kind of recreational. I, I didn't really work on anything until probably last summer, okay. fall, where I'd go out and actually practice putting and, and do some things. Um, and a buddy that I got into the game last summer played for like four months and started playing in events. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so I'm like, all right, well, now I guess I have to start doing something if he's, if he's already playing in them. And uh, he's, he's been on me. You need to get in one. Get in it, man. Get in it. And so, I guess it was last weekend. Yeah, last weekend I finally signed up. So. Okay. 
Oh, are you ever going to do any more? So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to. How many? I don't know. Um, just be. I don't have the travel schedule you have. Yeah, a lot. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not normal by any stretch. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have wife, girlfriend, kids, or any yeah. real responsibilities. So yeah. yeah. So I, I like I tell people ask me about the running and because all the places I get to go see, I was like, yeah. well, like. Trust me, you don't want my life. It's not as it's right. people. Are, well, you get to see all these places, yeah, but you don't get to see all the stuff in between. <laughs> well, it's a pain in the butt, right? So, because it is freelance work. I mean, it's I, I fortunately I have like Platinum General Services, which is tagged a lot. Um, I have partnerships that work with me for this. I have one that works with me for the this for everything, which is Platinum General Services, um, and then I have several that work with Motorsports, which is Snitz Racing, APE Race Parts. Okay. Um, and then I've got uh, a Nitro Harley team. I've got a inline top fuel team that works with me. Um, so we'll be doing uh, Snitch Racing is one of my larger partnerships there for the XDA. Ah. We'll be doing uh, Virginia and Maryland races. So how did you get into disc golf then? Uh, I actually, uh, my brother-in-law, he's no longer around. He's gone. Um, but back in the mid '90s, so, which is where that disc comes yeah. from, <laughs> um, me and him used to play. Uh, we never played. Me and him never played tournaments or anything. We just played on the weekends. And they had the Triple Crown series come through, and I'd already done some artwork for the local because I draw a lot. I'd done some artwork for one of the local tournaments, and uh, he says, "Hey, why don't you play the Triple Crown?" And uh, that was '97, which is where that disc yeah. comes from. And. Um, so I did 97, 98, and then marriage, kids, wife, life, divorce, child support, <laughs> having to work for a living. Yeah. All that stuff got in the way. And uh, then um, and I put it down. I kept the bag. I kept all the discs. So, and um, some of them I still have in storage. A um, couple, couple of them I have in the car. One, I the, the blue one, which people on the podcast will know I refer to this. Yeah. If you listen to the podcast and I'm talking about blue, this is the disc that, that's that I'm disc. talking about. Okay. And it's bailed me out of so much crap, but I'm so afraid I'm going to destroy it yeah. one day. Um, so I try to limit it to like upshots and hyzer yeah. bombs and crap like that. Keep so, it away from the water holes. Yeah. If I'm in a tournament, I'll put it back in the bag if I think I'm going to suck. Yeah. Because so, <laughs> yeah. it, it bails me out of crap. <laughs> um, I do have an eagle replacement. So in the podcast, it's referred to as Blue Junior. So, um, but then um, I was actually, it was June of last year. Um, I picked it back up again. I had placed the disc golf bag back in my car and um, it was running around in my car for months. Yeah. And uh, I was going out cause I do 5K, 10K runs and stuff. And uh, I was going out to do one of the 10K runs. And uh, it's just a local trail up in Maryland. And I made a wrong turn. I took the, I was thinking about God knows what, I made a wrong turn. For like five minutes before I was supposed to turn, it was that oh, far yeah. off. I made the turn and I saw a disc golf sign. It was Turkey Hill in Maryland. And uh, I was like, well shit, let's play some disc golf. Yeah. So, and uh, I got back into it and then I started hitting them and I'd already doing a podcast for the uh, motorsport stuff. So okay. those personalities. And, um, then it was I was only like one or two games in. I was like, oh, let me stick a mic on and start recording these. And then I started recording the play by plays, which is what the bulk of it is on there at the moment. And uh, so and then as I got traveling, it I got stupid with it because me being me, I can't just do something <laughs> to go have fun. I got to make some kind of chore out of it. Yeah. And um, so I kept at first I was just seeing just trying to get courses. And then after a while, I kept because I, I was all over the place. I was yeah. up in Pennsylvania and Delaware and I was out in New Mexico and I was all over. The place. I was like, OK, let me see how many states I can get. So in UDIS, when you look at because I got it was at the end of December because Picnic Island in South 
Florida was the last one I got. Mm. If I remember, is either that or Showman's. That was one of the last ones I got. That was uh, 113 courses. So between June and December. Oh, wow. So and, wow. Uh, so I was just, just hammering away on them. And uh, then after the beginning of the year, I was like, let's do a tournament. Why not? So, and uh, I actually prefer playing the tournaments. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I like being then. around y'all. So you had a little gap in between, yeah, so, and, <laughs> between uh, those tournaments. But I also, I, down in uh, South Florida, there's a disc golf club, uh, local route uh, in Clearwater. And uh, I actually took some lessons, some driving lessons. Only about, well, technically it's supposed to be like an hour and a half, two hours. We ended up out there for four hours. Really? Um, so, but he just... Uh, he just watched me for a little bit, see, okay, what do you want to do? And I told him, I was like, I, I can't, I'm too old to be pushing four or 500 foot drives. Yeah. I said, if I can do, because I've played courses that are over 11,000 feet. Some of, one of them is pushing almost 12. Mm. There's one in North Carolina that's brutal. Paul McBeth got one in Virginia that's yeah. over 11,000. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> and uh, so I told him, he watched me for about 10 or 15 minutes. I said, really, all I want is three, 350 consistently. Mm-hmm. So I said, if I can hit that, if I can push a four, which I can with the Mamba, I can almost get the four now with the yeah. Mamba. But really what I'm after is 280 to 350. If I can do that consistently, when I jump up to a seven, 800 foot hole, I'm not worried about it. I know I can get sure. three. And uh, after that, it took, because I did that in December, and I didn't start to see the distance results because I go out almost every single day, either putting or driving practice mm-hmm. to practice the form. And um, I started hitting three to 350, but I have no discs that have a speed over 10. So okay. everything, everything, and that, I can hit three 350 now with a fairway drive. Yeah. So, so now when I go to the Mamba, I have, I have to back out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so and that's that's basically what got me back into it. And then when I did that lessons with him, um, ideally I probably should have waited a few more months practicing the form. But uh, I can't do it. Nah, anymore. get out there and so, go for so, it. Just and I, I mean it's the first one. I mean I was hooked. I mean I like I like being around all yeah. the other players. Uh, the atmosphere is great, and uh, there's a lot of similarities with motorsports. So really, it, it's competitive. Because um, in motorsports, everybody works together, so, yeah. and everybody's here. I mean, when you're having a crappy game, these guys are supporting you anyway. Yeah. So, and because uh, we know we were cringing today, yeah. some of those. <laughs> and uh, but that to me, that's the good part is that when you're they'll when you're doing bad, and for y'all that are listening, when you come into a tournament, don't worry about doing bad because whoever you're playing with, they're going to support you because y'all were definitely supporting. I've today. met nothing but nice people in the disc golf community. <laughs> yeah, and. We even joked about uh, yesterday with the group I was with that it's one of the only sports where people are sort of truly rooting for you. Yeah. Because uh, I grew up playing team sports my whole life, and <laughs> you might tell a guy on the other team, "Nice shot," you know. But do you really mean it? Yeah. Uh, out here, people seem to really uh, hope for the best for the other players. So. Well, I like is when you nail like the monster shot. Casey got over here. Oh, that yeah. monster second shot over there. Yeah. Oh, that was a cor- I think we were jumping. We were jumping and cheering more than he was, and he yeah. was the one that made the putt. <laughs> but that was that was a monster putt yeah. we got there. So. Good, 120 feet probably. Oh, easy, easy. Feet. So I mean, it was just Great that was fantastic. So and uh, mine, unfortunately, not. I was, apparently there was a squirrel up there. I was trying to take out. But yeah, yeah. I salvaged salvaged the four at least. So. Yeah, I caught a couple of trees on that one. Yeah, so, yeah there's well. a couple out here. To me, still, I mean the. 
Um, we talked about it on a couple of the other episodes, but there's one short one I hear that 158. That's just nothing but a wall of woods. Yeah, that we have to throw. Oh yeah, to. it's. I don't even. Is it 158? Is that how? Yeah. Well, the sign says it's 158. Okay. I think it's probably a tad shorter. Yeah, I think it plays about 140 maybe. Yeah. So if yeah, I think it's around there too. But uh, I got up there today, and I, when I was practicing this week, because I got here Tuesday, I only got one game in Tuesday, so I did one game Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and then Thursday. Okay. And I never really got a handle on it, but the only thing that did pay off a couple times was just a very aggressive dead on shot aiming straight down yeah. the basket but the problem is people you are listening to this on audio when you're looking straight at the basket on this hole you're looking at a wall of crap <laughs> and yeah, you i took about there's about a three foot gap that you yep. hit on that thing and i stepped up there and it's, i tried that i tried that little turnover right thing like I, I tried that yesterday it didn't work out i ended up bogey in that one and today i literally just i grabbed this i said let's try something different and it worked out i managed to get off that thing with a I've played so. this course probably so. 25 times. Yeah. I birdied that hole both days. Might be the only two times I birdied it and all the times I played this course. That's tough. So I don't know what was going on because I usually yeah, hit trees and it's a struggle. Yeah. And they, I mean, every, even the pros, when I was following the pros through there, because I wanted to see how the pros handled yeah. that particular, even they wrestled with it. Because so, yeah. on Friday, the pros played their first round and I was doing the photography and video with them. Okay. And I made sure I was with one of them to come through there because I wanted to see how they handled it, see if I could take yeah. something away from there and <laughs> beat the mess out of all of them. Didn't learn a whole lot. I was like, okay, I feel better now. I don't feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, all right. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure talking with you, sir, and I look forward to hopefully being able to play against you one more day. This is Brandon Palmer, and uh, I will bring up the note. The one big reason I wanted to get him on the podcast, other than being on my card, is he's got one of the coolest voices out here. He's got one <laughs> of those cool radio voices. Um, but you did fantastic, sir. I'm glad you came out here, and it was an honor playing with you today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hope I, I'll run into you again right. out, here, out here on the circuit. All right. Brandon Palmer, brand new. So we get the experienced people and we get us, us newbies (laughs) that are still learning it. So get out here, have some fun, and uh, meet cool-ass people like Brandon here. All right, sir, you have a good one. Thank you, you too.